So I wanted to talk about something uh, on this show that I don't necessarily always talk about, which is the story of our own lives, okay? Then how our lives are telling a story as we go about our days, as we go about our weeks, months, years. We are accumulating our own story. You know, we are part of a bigger story, of course, with other people, and they have their own stories going on around us. But we have our own story to tell. Like We have our own life's journey that we are on, and we are part of that, obviously, as we go through life. And I know I'm, I'm really big on here talking about you know books or movies, films, things like that, and analyzing them, but, but very rarely do I actually, I think, talk about the reflection of one's own personal story. You know, I did, I did a series a while back about the hero's journey and, and some of the different archetypes that exist in story when I was, you know, in my more, you know, sort of like, uh, uh, what's the term I'm looking for? Uh, storyteller phase of this podcast and going over some of the more technical things that go on in it. But I wanted to do this episode because it's coming towards the end of the year and I'm, I've been doing some reflection on the podcast. I've been doing some reflection on just my work as a writer. I'm still knee deep and should I say shoulder deep in a couple projects and I'm still trying to get off the ground here. And it made me think about my own story and how my story has played out and where I'm at in my own life. And I wanted to share some things in this episode that deal with our own story and specifically coming from me. When I was growing up, there was a boy that I was in constant contention with. There was a, you know, a boy from junior high, I would say, or maybe it was even late middle school, all the way up until I was a senior in high school that I did not get along with. There was never a time that he and I were on the same page about anything. I think we maybe had like one positive conversation the entire time I was in school with this kid. And we were in the same grade, we were in the same class. And the biggest reason for why we were always in contention is we wanted the same things. You know, we were both athletes. Uh, we both wanted to be liked by a lot of people. Uh, we wanted to gain influence uh, in the school by being involved in a lot of different things. And we, because of that, we were very adversarial with each other. You know, I wanted to be the starting point guard of the basketball team. He did too. He wanted to be starting shortstop of the baseball team. I did also. Uh, but in the classroom... The classroom was the one place where we were very different. You know, I was an academic. Uh, I did all my homework, uh, which usually was a breeze for me. I was getting straight A's. I was in National Honor Society. I was, uh, you know, I was a brain, but I was also a jock in some sense. He was not, okay? He struggled in school. And I think a lot of that had to do with just attention deficits and things like that when I look back on it. But he preferred to be the class clown. And I was not necessarily the class clown because I wanted to get people's confidence through my performance. And he was more so about getting people's confidence by how rebellious he could be and how bit of a fool he could be in front of people. But at the same time, when it came to sports, he was also very good. You know, he actually played a couple other sports that I didn't do, like soccer. Uh, and for obvious reasons, I didn't play soccer because, uh, again, soccer to me is not really a, a fun venture or a good sport for me to ever do. But, uh, but anyway, at any rate, we were constantly against each other. You know, we were constantly butting up against one another. And I can recall thinking about him. And when I would think about him, I'd get angry. You know, I just, I would kind of clench my fists or my teeth or whatever it was. You know, and I would think to myself, this guy is the villain of my life story. Okay, he's the guy that is essentially 
my biggest issue, okay? He's, he's the person who is constantly in contention with me. I, if I'm the hero of my own story, this guy is the villain. And we grew up this way, and I don't even know if he actually ever thought of me that way. Like, I don't know if he looked at me and thought, you know, Josh is a thorn in my side. He's the villain of my life. I'm the hero of my own story. I don't know that. You know, in many ways, we don't consciously view ourselves as the heroes of our own story, but we do look out for our own self-interest. We do want what's best for ourselves, at least we should be. Uh, that's just human nature uh, to, to a degree that we are going to want our, what is best for us. But that comes with believing that we are the heroes of our own tale, that we should overcome the odds, we should be able to find success, find love even, you know, find, you know, that everyone's like, I got to find my soulmate or whatever. We want what's best for us. And so part of that comes with, you know, believing we're the good guys in our story. And so was he doing this? I have no idea. But I was doing it on my end. I was, whenever I would think of him, I'd get angry or I'd be frustrated. Or I'd be like, you know, I got to beat this guy again. I got to figure out how to beat him out for the team's lead or whatever it was. And looking back on that, because that was years ago now, there's still some times where I think to myself, I should have handled it this way, or I should have told him this or that or whatever. But then I often think, could we have been friends? You know, could we have actually been friends? And the conclusion I came to uh, a while back when I was really thinking about this and, and whatnot was one of us would have had to budge on what our priorities were. One of us would have to budge or change our worldview or the, our stance on something or the way we believed uh, that, you know, things were supposed to go in our own lives one of us would have to disagree with the way we were doing things in order to come into that other person's world because we were such opposites. You know, we were such opposites when it came to how to engage people, how to engage the world. We had the same goals, but our methods were very different. And uh, it wasn't like we had big philosophical differences. It was more so how you behave in a, in a classroom and how you, how you make friends and what you do to your friends, what you do with your friends, how you hang out with other people. We were very different. You know, we were very different this way. As adults, of course, this compounds itself. Now you have other issues. There are things you're responsible for. There's things you're accountable to, people you're accountable to, people you're responsible for now. And those things start to invite moral complications. Uh, what is the best route to, you know, for my child? What is the best route for me to deal with an angry relative? What is the best route for me to deal with a boss who's unscrupulous and is demeaning? Or, you know, how do I be a better person at work? How do I cultivate skill sets so I can make more money later on down the road? There are several things that compound themselves and become more complicated as we get older, but we still want to view ourselves as the hero in our own story, even if it feels as though like we're losing. We still want to feel like well, eventually we will find success. And we and it's very easy, and this is part of the point of this, uh, you know, this episode, is that it's very easy to construct villains in our personal lives. It's very easy to pin it on somebody and say, this guy or gal over here, they are my villain. They are the person I'm trying to overcome. If I can overcome this person, what they stand for, who they are, what they believe, then I'm going to be doing better in my life. And for me personally, in my own life, you know, it's water under the bridge with this guy. You know, I don't see him anymore. I don't talk to him anymore. Uh, you know, God willing, if he ever listens to this, he probably knows who he is. But uh, I hope he's doing well. I hope that he is doing well in his life, regardless of what, uh, you know, what we went through when we were kids, <clears throat> where we thought we knew everything, of course, and we were green behind, you know, we we're green with everything wet behind the ears and all those other things. 
uh, I hope he is doing well. I, I honestly and earnestly say that. Now, as an adult, though, and this hero villainy stuff and how I still view myself as a hero, there is a degree to which I still view myself as the hero. But it's very easy as an adult or a kid or whenever part of your life to create villains. It's very easy to look at somebody and make them the manifestation of your frustration. And we do this all the time. You know, we do this all the time. We see it in our in stories that we see in film and movies and books, etc. And those are, of course, are more condensed ideas around this idea of heroes and villains. But we ourselves, you know, m- you know, me, my other, we want ourselves to be the hero of our own tale. And so we make villains. You know, we make villains. And depending upon what your worldview is, depending upon what your belief structure might be, you may think you're supposed to create villains. You may, you may think, uh, I'm supposed to see things as a villain, or I'm supposed to see people as, you know, potentially heroes or whatever it is. Now, you know, many of you listen to this podcast, you know that I have a, I have a Christian worldview, so there's a lot baked into that um, as far as how I'm supposed to engage with people, how I'm supposed to love God first, and I'm supposed to love uh, other people, you know, in concordance with that. But I have to love God first, otherwise I can't actually love people well. I have to love God first before I can actually love others. Uh, otherwise, it gets all muddied and confusing. But not other worldviews and philosophies believe that. Other worldviews and philosophies are, look, you get your own. You love yourself first. You figure out what you need to do in your life and then worry about other people. And they live by this credo. And in order to live by that credo, they have to create villains. They have to look at people and say, you're in my way. I have to get you out of my way because you're impeding upon me. And not only that, in many ways, it becomes justified that you're impeding upon other people that I'm advocating for. And you can see this happening a lot in the political sphere. You can see how politicians often, you know, throw and sling mud at their opponents or they sling crap at at people they don't agree with or even people in their own party so they can look better. Hey, that person over there, they voted for this. Or that person over there, they said this, they tweeted that. How could you ever support a person like that? You should support me instead. And it becomes a, a, a legitimate pit. You know, just a poisonous pit of vipers just biting at each other, clawing at each other, and that's how politics can end up being. So there's American politics in a nutshell for you, right? Sort of, you know. <laughs> not to say there, I'm not saying there aren't good people in politics. I'm just saying, man, from the outside looking in, it looks pretty nasty. Uh, but anyway, as far as the villains go, you know, and the heroes, me as a Christian in my worldview, I, I'm supposed to operate under the belief that every person is redeemable, that every person has the ability to be redeemed before God and approach the throne and be given forgiveness, provided that they acknowledge God for who he is, acknowledge Jesus for who he is, and then be essentially, I hate using these spiritual terms, but like cleansed of your sins so that you can be ushered into the kingdom and therefore start the process of becoming further and further sanctified. Yes, that's boiling theology into a 10-second elevator pitch, but that's essentially what my worldview is, you know, that's what my belief is, that's what I've experienced personally, and I hope that for other people. But it's very challenging, of course. It's very challenging because of the tension of good and evil in every single person. There's always a tension that says, I want to do this, and I know I shouldn't do that, but I want to do it anyway, and there are things I ought to do, but I don't do them. But but in doing this, because we know there's good and evil, because we know there's this tension, we create heroes, we create villains, we look at other people. Sometimes it's people we've never even met. You know, it could be a, a public figure. It could be an influencer on YouTube or Facebook or somewhere else. 
And we look at that person and we say, that person represents everything that I hate. Therefore, I hate that person. And that's the wrong position to be in. The right position, I believe, is what that person is actionably doing. I don't even know if that's a word. What they're doing in action, what they what they believe in their in their policies, what they believe in their credo and what they're in, they're trying to convince others of is wrong. That's wrong. But that person themselves could eventually change their mind someday. They could actually change their behavior and become a force for light or for good as opposed to just pushing out confusion, pushing out uh, you know new forms of idolatry, uh, you know evil policies, whatever they are, that person could change. That person could eventually be redeemed. And therefore, that person would move from being a villain in somebody's story to being a hero. But of course, they would eventually become a villain after they were somebody's hero because people probably were supporting them for some reason. And if they suddenly change their mind, then you can you can see that that push and pull in the back. So but my friend, but my my old friend, my old colleague from high school, right? My old colleague from high school who was a villain to me. Uh, it took me a long time. It took me a very long time to forgive him for things, to forgive myself for things that I did to him, uh, or not necessarily me to forgive myself, but just to recognize that there were things that I probably did too that were not very good, even if I could justify them, even if I could justify them constantly and say, no, I was always the hero, I was always the good guy, I was the one that had to suffer through this. It's not always 100% true. And if anything, there may have been things going on in his life that I could have shown compassion for and vice versa. Like he could have looked at my life and thought, wow, you know, maybe Josh is a perfectionist because of XYZ reason and I should get to know him better because of that. Or, you know, I should have done this for this person realizing that, you know, maybe there was something in his life that wasn't quite right and he needed some compassion instead of me basically, you know, shoving him around on a ball field or shoving him around on the, on the court or whatever it was that was going on. Uh, there needed to be some kind of reconciliation there. But of course, we can never get past that point. We will never get past that point until we recognize that, yes, there are heroes and there are villains and there are people that encompass certain things. But if we can recognize that that person has redeemable traits or they have a redeemable quality to them, then we're not going to be able to fully be compassionate with people that we disagree with. And that's at a very baseline of thinking. Even if you disagree with somebody, you can still show them compassion. You can still show them something uh, that says you care. And that can often be a bridge into a new space where, again, you don't have to adopt their worldview, but you can at least show compassion to this person and suffer through something with them. Now, the common Christian thing is, well, in order for me to suffer with somebody, if somebody is standing in a fire, I have to go jump in the fire with them. No, okay, that's, that's not your job as a Christian to love people and be compassionate. Being a good listener is a good start. Or relating to experiences is another thing we can do. But we don't have to exactly drown ourselves just because the other person is drowning. No, that's foolishness. Because that's not really what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to help rescue that person, uh, even though God does the rescuing ultimately. But being that ambassador, exhibiting those qualities is what we're supposed to do with those folks who have been through trauma, who have been suffering through things. Uh, that is what we're supposed to do. That is how we actually show the love of God. Even if that person doesn't believe in God, you can still plant that seed. But it's always harder, again, when we view this person as the villain in our story. It's incredibly hard to do that with someone that we believe is the villain. Uh, but we do this, again, and I'll, I'll, I'll try to wrap this up in a nice little bow since it's Christmas time. We do this because we know there's good and evil in the world. It, some things can be nuanced, 
But there are things, moral things, that end up not being so nuanced. They end up being literally you're either endorsing what is good or you're endorsing what is evil. And people have the capacity to do either. They can either endorse what is good or they can endorse what is evil. And many times a person's entire modus operandum can change in the blink of an eye provided they're given the example or they acknowledge God for who he is and move towards that good thing. So I know there's some a lot of heady things in this episode, uh, but I, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you got some encouragement from it or at least could possibly relate to it, this idea of heroes and villains. Who's the hero in your life? Who's a fallen hero in your life? How about that? Who's a villain in your life? Who's a person who was a villain who now maybe is a hero or maybe is a close friend? You know, those kinds of stories are really interesting to me. You know, when a villain becomes a close friend in your life and things change, uh, very, very interesting stuff there. But me personally, I can say I've had a lot of fallen heroes. I've had a lot of people that I propped up and said, wow, this guy, so cool, so awesome. And then come to find out this dude did some pretty stupid things or terrible things. And I just, again, I, I can't put that person on that same pedestal and try as I might not to do that. I know inevitably I may do it again, but hopefully not the same degree that I did when I was younger and more foolish and stupid and all those other things, <laughs> all those other things I'm supposed to start letting go as an adult. But anyway, at any rate, what do you think of that? Okay, you the listener, what do you think of that? Who are your heroes? Who, are, Like I said, fallen heroes, villains, or villains that have become friends. Do you do that often in your life consciously? Do you, do you put people in positions in a silo and say, you're never coming out of there because of XYZ reason, because you are the villain of my story. You are this person that encompasses all that is wrong with what I think is the world, and there's nothing about you that's redeemable. I can never cross that bridge. You're never going to be a part of my life. And I will say this as my last sort of send-off message. There are circumstances, again, where a person could be so toxic for you, a person could be really bad, could be dragging you down. You don't have to, again, you don't necessarily have to define them as a villain, but you can define them as a person who is toxic in your life and it shouldn't be a regular part of your life anymore. That is also very important to do. There's a difference between a toxic person and a person you've propped up as a villain when they may not even be a villain whatsoever in your life. There's a big difference to that, and I hope you can discern the difference. Uh, and I'm not saying that my podcast is it, but hopefully we can discern the difference when that moment arises. So... If I don't talk to you guys before the holiday, have a great holiday season, uh, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. Again, like, share, subscribe. Uh, if you haven't already, share it with a friend. Have it. Have a wonderful conversation with your your heroes or your villains of your stories over the Christmas <laughs> Christmas season and the holiday, uh, or just basically try to relax uh, with the, with the people around you that you love. So, anyway, well, I'll talk to you guys again soon. This is J.C.L. Felto for the Writers Lounge.